Rightio. All set? How are we looking? 20 seconds. All righty, here we go. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Good morning, everybody. How are you, friends? This is Jamie Milne here from the Pure Jamie Milne Podcast and JMT TV. I am once again super happy and super pumped to have a very dear friend of mine here today hanging out with me, uh, talking about all things The Unpanic Project. But before we talk a little bit about that, I'll just give you guys a little bit of an introduction of this wonderful lady. So mother of two, Danny, uh, originally born in Victoria, um, but calm down everybody, moved, <laughs> moved, moved here when she was two. Um, but what's really, really awesome about Danny, she's a great friend of mine. She is a mother of two incredible young ladies. Um, you'd be super proud of them if they were your daughters. Uh, and also, as I said, a really good friend. But she has taken an initiative um, to basically start blogging and sharing about her life, um, the stories of her life, the narrative of her life, the experiences of her life, um, and, and her experience with living with you know mental health constraints uh, a mental health yeah. uh, diagnosed disorder which i'm sure danny will talk a little bit mm -hmm. more about and basically creating more awareness of literally her everyday uh, going about her business every day and sharing very very personal insights to her world with the intention of helping other people which i just think is absolutely incredible so we don't have enough good human beings like Danny that are, that are just trying to use her, her story, her world, her experiences uh, in a way that can support other people that are living with uh, mental health issues or, or diagnosed mental health disorders. The Unpanic Project and Danny, <laughs> how do you feel? Are you nervous? No, I'm pretty good actually. I was nervous, but I've Calm down, I've come good. You look great though. You look like you're dressed yeah. up for the occasion. <laughs> hey. Oh, mate, she's got a sweaty t-shirt on, sweaty shorts, but good to go. Look, yep. Danny, probably the biggest question that I've got mm -hmm. is what what drove you, other than perhaps what I alluded to, but what drove yep. you to start the Unpanic Project uh, blog and social media platforms, and, yep. and what what what's what's driven you to that? Uh, for me, it's actually been um, years and years of something that I've wanted to do, but never really felt like I was in the right place to do it, whereas now I am. So the Unpanic Project is about my experience lived with mental illness. Um, I have bipolar type 2 disorder. I've also dealt with um, extreme issues with anxiety and panic disorder. So that's where the idea of the Unpanic panic project comes from is my panic disorder issues. Um, yeah, for about five years I've dealt with um, severe panic attacks whilst driving. Yeah, so wow. I decided that I would start an Instagram page and it was a platform for me to sort of get out there, get out of my comfort zone, drive around a bit and take some pics and sort of, yeah, so really to just get me out there um, into the world because it's very easy with panic disorder to just close yourself off completely. Yeah. So, that was where the names come from. Um, yeah, but the whole idea is to share a little bit about myself, um, and like you said, with the absolute intention of helping others whilst raising awareness. So good, so good. And for anybody that's listening to this podcast or watching this YouTube clip, so it, sometimes phobia-based stuff is you know, anxiety-driven. So if we think about Danny's um, 
panic attacks were on the motorways and highways for, and you know, that, that, that all stems from particular events and things like that, or triggers or traumas, traumatic experiences. And then we develop some, well, sometimes we develop phobias. So you can think about people in social situations, they're yeah. gonna do some a public presentation yeah. or they've got a really big meeting and there's multiple people there. So you get the social anxiety and it can manifest as a panic attack. Things, other phobias like common ones, like your arachnophobias, you know, a spider drops onto mm. the onto the table here. I'll be hanging off the fan. <laughs> I'll be sh shitting myself for want of a better term. Yeah. But and that manifestation of a panic a panic attack. Now, I, I've only had a mild one in my experience, and that yeah. was brought on uh, in the military, just mm. getting flogged and and freaking out and not yeah. knowing whether I was coming or going. And I I like I would have killed for some tools and yeah. some resources to try and deal with that at the time because mm. it was really frightening. But, yeah. and, and if anybody's had experiences with yeah. panic attacks, they are they are full noise. They are not to be scoffed yeah. at. Like that can, yeah. Can you talk us through what happens with a panic yeah, attack? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the best way that I can describe it is for me my worst ever panic attacks. It's like um, having a huge syringe being pumped directly into your chest with adrenaline. So it goes straight in. You can feel the surge, and then it f just floods across your chest. Um, for me, it would then go into my arms and legs. Yeah. And then my feet would become extremely clammy as well as my hands and the shakes. And then, um, yeah, your mind's just going nuts, the heart's racing. And then I'd get really dizzy. So yeah. for me, driving on the highway, <laughs> feeling this Great combination. Cool. Can't grab the steering wheel. <laughs> fucking can't breathe. It's, yeah, so it's actually, it's dangerous and it's scary and because it is such a dangerous situation to have yourself in, mm. you actually just decide, nah, I'm not even doing it. Yeah. So for me, that, that feeling of panic, it is so extreme that, um, yeah, it actually, I have to pull over and then I just burst into tears and I normally, oh. so many times, run my dad just and he'd just go, okay, just breathe, just breathe just slow yourself down, you know, and then I'd have to find back streets to get home. Mm. So for me, I know every back street on the coast, if anyone's interested. you like a map, <laughs> an inventory yeah, of the residential streets. area of the coast. Yeah, well, I grew up on Bribie, so even to get, because this has gone on for five years and it's only now that I've actually um, like beaten it, like I'm mm. actually able to drive again now. Mm. Um, but yeah, like just to get to see my friends and my grandparents at Bribie, I, like I would get the train from Nambour and to, to Caboolture and then get on a bus to from Caboolture wow. to Bribie. And that's just to go to Bribie. Like, but that was how severe it was and wow. how um, I didn't want it to stop me. So I was like, stuff it, I'm getting on the bus. <laughs> but it was, yeah. So to share that with other people, you know, um, and let them know this is what's going on with me. Most people were really um, extremely understanding. I had a few people who were just sort of, um, you know, I had a couple of people just laugh, like say it was ridiculous. That's a great thing to do when somebody's Yeah, saying. no, exactly right. And so, you know, that's another reason why doing this is mm. like, okay, if someone's heard what I just said, my symptoms were, what I felt, and yeah. they go, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, that's awesome, so. Do you, so beyond the, uh, the phobia of the highway and having mm. the panic attacks. Have you experienced them in any other scenario? Like, is there yeah. anything else? Like, you know, when I was talking about like you know, spiders and social yeah. situations. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I um, was in my twenties and I had my first daughter, um, so she was about two, 
And yeah, I was just going into a shopping center one day, I was pushing the pram and as soon as the doors opened, it was like the floor just swallowed me up. And the whole, that whole feeling of, you know, the adrenaline across my chest, into my hands and feet and the like hyperventilating. And it was the first, that was my first ever experience. So the first experience you actually feel like you are gonna die. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I had to, all I did was I grabbed the pram and turned around and just walked straight out. And as soon as I got out and no one was there, I just burst into tears <laughs> and then I've gone and got in the car and I had to sit there for a while just to calm myself and I thought, well, what is going on with me? Mm. Like, um, Something's not right. Yeah, mm. so that was the first time I actually went and saw a psychologist and talked through it and I, I worked through that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it was, yeah, that was my first experience and then I've had mm. little ones with having to stand up in front of people. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, nothing like my driving. Yeah, so yeah. to conquer that's been... A really huge thing yeah yeah so. wow yeah and as, as we were talking about before these these panic attacks can affect people for you know mm. multiple different yeah. reasons or triggers or mm. traumatic events and when um, if you haven't experienced one before then that's fantastic obviously but if yeah. you have yeah they are that's certainly a frightening uh, process mm. and I suppose that leads me into my next question yeah so what what would you suggest yeah. um how do you how have you dealt with panic attacks at the time mm -hmm. so when you're you know experiencing those yeah. um those panic attacks how did you navigate your way through that yeah. i know you said talking about uh, talking to your dad and stuff like yeah. that which he, he is a great man by the way <laughs> um so talking to your dad and what what so from your experience what did you do and what would you suggest yeah. Uh, for other people that may have experienced yeah for me um the way i deal with with in the, in that situation is similar to the way i deal with anxiety and it's mm. to just stop exactly where you are like on the highway you can't just stop where you are <laughs> <laughs> middle of the bruce highway <laughs> <laughs> i'm out right, I'm, I'm, out. Out, I'm out i'm breathing yeah, yeah no but in, in any situation i would just stop and just hang on to something like it's like you're anchoring yourself so mm. to, to hold something just breathe slowly and then just actually stand in it and listen around like get into the moment because mm. what i find is especially with whether it's panicking you just you've got to stop yourself anxiety is the same because you're starting to think the worst case scenarios mm. and all the rest so you've got to actually bring yourself to to where you are in that moment yeah so for me it's really important to stop and then to breathe slowly and to slow my my breathing down and then to actually just take in what's around me yeah and just doing that is enough to just sort of stop it and then go okay take a second and then let's keep going so love yeah. that such good advice <laughs> there's so there's so much research and and breathing what danny's saying just stopping breathing yeah. slowing your heart rate down yeah. having that shift in your nervous system mm. um, and then i love what you said about you know taking in your surroundings yeah. using your senses yeah. in that moment what can i see mm. what can i see right now as i've parked in the middle of the bruce highway what can i <laughs> what, what can i see besides the fucking carnage built up behind Apparently me, the police after me. <laughs> i can see flashing lights um there's four cops behind me um you know what can i smell yeah. what can i hear and mm -hmm. how do i actually feel in yeah. this very moment yeah. that's really good advice yeah. really good advice the um, the other thing I wanted to ask, 
So you said that you, you live with bipolar yep. type two? Type two. Type yep. two disorder and anxiety. Did I remember yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Anxiety. So just a little bit share a little bit of insight, however much you're prepared to share yeah. of so living living with that diagnosed disorder, what what do you do to navigate your way through life? So what yeah. what, what are some of the things that yeah. you do? To, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I didn't get diagnosed with bipolar until I was 32 years old. So, um, and I'd spent a lot of years, like I said, I had that major panic attack in my early 20s. Sorry, Danny, just something really quickly. Could you explain to uh, the viewers, the listeners, just a, a brief summary, like almost like a paragraph, sentence, whatever, of, of bipolar. Bipolar? Type, type two? two? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's something that most people aren't aware of, and it's that um, bipolar is in different forms. So mine is type two. So that means I have um, hypermanic um, episodes where I have elevated mood. So that's when you'll take on the world, um, your senses are heightened, uh, it actually even changes uh, my sight. It's Everything's brighter. Um, yeah, so... And then you're, that's in a situation where you can go without sleep and do a thousand things and you're all over it. But then, like I say, what goes up must come down. So then you end up in a pitch of despair. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it comes down in a, in a crash and that's when the depression kicks in. So, and then you actually have the, um, you become sort of aware of the choices that you made in a manic state where you've taken on everything. You've probably spent too much money. You've um, yeah, you haven't slept for days, so it's, um, yeah, that real awareness of, okay, now I'm dealing with uh, the burnout from being up there. Um, so for me, my bipolar is I don't have, for a really long time, I didn't really have any many, what I'll say, even keel moments where I was exactly where I sort of, that, that normal, what's so-called normal. So for me, and I think, you find out what your triggers are. So for me, um, you're talking about what I do to, to keep myself yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my triggers are definitely sleep deprivation is one. So that one, when bringing up two young kids on my own, was hard. But like, that was really hard. Yeah, wow. So I felt for a really long time that I was just pushing, <laughs> pushing as hard as I could just to keep my head above water. Trying to sleep when I could, I started power napping when my kids were little. You know, when I and you know when they would sleep, I would sleep. Um, when they, I could see that they were watching the TV, I'd actually lie down and have a quick sleep, you know, like it was always where I could get Sneak it. Sneak one where you yeah, can, yeah. Yeah, And then um, as, as they got older, it got a little bit easier. So anyone who has young kids who is dealing with bipolar disorder know that it doesn't last forever, Then you know, the difficulties that you have with little kids and that you can get through it. So that's something that's really important. Um, yeah, so that's one thing. The other is alcohol. Uh, alcohol for me is something that is just monumentally damaging in the sense that um, I could even have one drink too many and the depressive episode that that puts me into is just frightening. Mm. Like the next day, you know, you, people might get hungover. My hangover is a dark a level of darkness that I just decided I'm no longer having this in my life. So yeah. I stopped drinking. So yeah. How long have you been off the lash? Well, I stopped drinking on Valentine's Day. <laughs> So you won't fucking forget that one. <laughs> so Valentine's Day flowers for me. Send yourselves the flowers, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, so, you know, in, in doing that, you know, you start to sort of realise that you're actually using, you're, you're drinking and you're suppressing a whole heap of stuff as well. Yeah. So for me to stop drinking was the turning point for me. Mm. So... Yeah, so they're the main things, like yeah. finding out your triggers, working out what it is oh. that sets you off. 
and just doing all you can to either avoid them or find ways to work around them. That is so, such good advice, team. Such good advice. Uh, everything starts with awareness. Mm. Everything starts with awareness, followed very closely by acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, and I love that. And in terms of, there's a lot of study and mm. books written about habits, basically, making or breaking habits. Yeah. Everything points to, if you can pretty much fuck the trigger off, mm. some shape or form, yeah. you've got a pretty good chance at mm. um, getting a better outcome. Yeah. So if you can, yeah, somehow, I mean, easier said than done, obviously, yeah, yeah. especially if the trigger's your partner or something like that. <laughs> oh, fuck, oopsie, I've just got to fuck you off because you, you're triggering me. Um, that's not going to work very well. But certainly, certainly awareness is the big one. Like if you yeah. know, like Danny has said, mm. if you know that sleep deprivation is going to really amplify yeah. um, the, the mental health disorder you're living with or if, you know, getting pissed every night, is gonna chuck everything on steroids, then you can make better choices. Yeah. And I think in that moment where you get that opportunity to make a better choice, where mm. you kind of pause for a yeah. second, do I fucking really need to drink yeah. these five schooners? Is that a good idea? Or am I better to maybe have something different? Or I might just have dessert instead of having the five schooners. <laughs> then you wake up the next day, yeah, you're a little down, but it's not like, oh, it's the, not like the, the overwhelming darkness. Yeah, well, it's just, yeah, no, that's exactly right. But, you know, and talking about triggers, like some things you just can't avoid. So if you've got young kids and, and yours is sleep deprivation, you can't really get around that one. Get rid like of it. the triggers, right, kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, that's it. Triggering yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so for me it was like I said, it's a matter of grabbing that sleep when you can and also getting the help that you, you can get by going and talking to people. If you don't have someone close in your life that truly understands what's going on, seek it from, you know, a healthcare professional or talk to other people that are in the same boat and, yeah, so, and work... Even get a mate to sort of watch, you know, can you yeah. watch your kids for two hours? I really need to sleep, yeah. you know, and yeah, and really look after Such yourself. good advice, team. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, such good <laughs> advice. Like even like Danny's saying, if you don't have anybody, there are people yeah. that sit on the end of phones. I've called Lifeline before. Oh, that, 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 so have I. And, and yeah. I tell you what, these people are magnificent. Mm. Yeah. And they have an enormous level of empathy, compassion, mm. sympathy. And yeah. at the very least, they'll give you attention and yeah. listen. And sometimes that's that whole uh, a burden shared is a burden halved. You know, you're going to feel a little bit lighter and it'll just give you that ability to go to the next step, you know, to yeah. take that next step to just, even if that's put yourself to bed, even if that's just, you know, go and buy some food from the bloody coals or something, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so good. And I think, and I hope out of all of this conversation with Danny, she shines a big bright light on the fact that you just you just have to reach out a little bit whether it's having a read of danny's blog or following mm -hmm. her platforms i'm going to chuck in our little case notes at the uh, at the end i'll have the links to her social media platforms to the blog all that type of jazz so that will be there so feel free to contact danny as you can mm. see she's a uh, she's a lovely human being and she'd be more than happy to, to talk to you yeah, um definitely. And then, yeah, if that just gives you a little bit of confidence to see that there are options and that's all we need is in our times of darkness, struggle and strain, we just need some more choices, some more resources, yeah. some more tools and uh, 
Danny has been kind enough to share that with us I today. I appreciate you having me, so thank you. Love it, love it. So yeah. make sure you jump on, have a look, follow what Danny's doing. She she posts regularly. Um, any final words, Danny? You got anything? Any closing <laughs> closing bits? Yeah, well, with the Unpanic project, it's only just begun, so it's in its very early stages, and I have a lot of different ideas moving forward. So yeah, please, please, I'd appreciate it if you got on board and checked it out, and yeah, just um, follow, um, yeah, follow and and see what you can get out of it. Um, please point it in the direction of a friend if you know that they've got um, some mental health issues that they need a bit of help with. Um, but one thing that I really believe is that, you know, it's really important that you back yourself. So for people that are out there that are having a real crap day, um, know that that will shift and you are totally worth fighting for. So, oh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, little <laughs> sneaky mic drop there. Danny, I love you, mate. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks for coming in. So good. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. Thank See? You. Thank you. That was easy, eh? We got there. We did. On the money. <laughs>